Hey, what's going on, buddy? It's your boy once again, CJ Mello, aka Mello, whatever. Let's go. So, in this lovely episode, there's gonna be no intro, we're just getting straight to it. So, I did skip a comic book Saturday. I thought we, should, we could take a break one week at least for a comic book Saturday. But this coming Saturday, I plan on starting a new Beetle. Not, not a new Beetle, I'm sorry. Uh, a new series that came out of Blue Beetle. It's going to be a limited series. It's going to... It's one out of six right now. The second one doesn't come out until late December. December 27th, if I'm correct. So I'm going to start the new series. I think it's one a month. So basically the next six months, we're going to be here. I'm gonna be reading about the new Blue Beetle comic and stuff. But I do have some... I do have an older one that I want to read too. So I might like interchange between the two, if you know what I'm saying. But I need to find the volume one of that older one I have. I have volume two. The comic store didn't have volume one. But like I was saying, essentially this is more about the history of Blue Beetle. I am a fan of Blue Beetle, at least the current iteration of Blue Beetle. I'm a fan. I love him. I think it's cool. One, he's Latino like me. So I think it's cool. The got Latino out there. And he's about to get his own movie. Which is freaking phenomenal, you know what I'm saying? I can't wait for it. Like I legit, I, I if they cancel this one, I'm going. I'm already mad that DC already canceled Batgirl. And I heard they might be canceling Supergirl next. So yo, Blue Beetle better stay in lock. I swear to God, I'm bug out if Blue Beetle gets disappears on me. Please don't, please don't. But essentially, this is gonna be like Blue Beetle 101. I'm be real with you. I'm reading this off the DC website. This was done on in May of 2017. Okay, I yes, I I love the costume of Blue Beetle. I like how Blue Beetle is now, but I don't know all the history of, of Blue Beetle. So essentially, I'm learning with y'all what I'm about to read now. You know what I'm saying? But let's just let's just get right into it though. All right, is confusion over Blue Beetle driving you buggy? You're likely not the only one. In our latest DC Comics 101 feature, we introduce you to three very different men who have worn the distinct blue suit. All right. Legacy can be a tricky thing for superheroes, especially the ones that got their start back in the Golden Age. Take, for instance, Blue Beetle Jaime Reyes has found himself with a, well, let's be generous and call him a mentor, in quotes, in Ted Cord. Ted, you see, was also a Blue Beetle at one point in time. Except not all the sort of Blue Beetle Jaime is now. Now, in Spanish, it's spelled Jamie. In English, it's, if you say it in English, it's Jamie. But in, in Spanish, we say Jaime. One, Jaime sounds better. Anyways. Even weirder still, Ted's not the first person to hold a Blue Beetle mantle. And a man before him didn't really look... All that similar to either of the Beatles we know today. In fact, stand all three classic Blue Beatles up next to one another, and you really have to squint to see any resemblance, despite the fact that they're all directly connected to one another in more ways than one. Don't worry. With the Blue Beetle family tree lacks in sense, it makes up for an overall enthusiasm. Mostly. Jaime might beg to differ on that one, 
But who could really blame him with everything going on in El Paso these days? You can find all you can find out all about that over in Blue Beetle Volume One, The More Things It Change, which is now available everywhere books are sold. Again, this is twenty seventeen. And that's actually the one I need. I have the volume two. I need the volume one. You can find out all about the weird Beetle legacy of the DC Universe right here, right now. Now, definitely the costume from the Golden Age to now are so different. Like, now is more mechanicalized, you know what I'm saying, and all that stuff. Back then, the original suit was like literally a leotard. <laughs> like, legit, like one piece with the, like a, a yellow gloves, a yellow waistband, with a blue with a beetle that's blue in the middle. It's like very just simple. Alright, but Dan Garrett, the first blue beetle that I know nothing about. <clears throat> Excuse me, I apologize. Dan Garrett is a name you might not all be familiar with. And there's a reason for that. Dan's heyday was anywhere between 50 and 70 years ago. Now, if you say it now in 2017, oh, it's still 56, 70 years ago. If I don't know who you ask, he officially originated back in 1940 as a suit-wearing Dick Tracy flavored crime fighter and spy, two of the most popular archetypes of comics in that day and age. This version of Dan had the last name Garrett with one T and wore a suit, fedora, and later a costume that would call him that he that he would call chainmail. But suspiciously, like spandex most of the time, he even eventually got superpowers thanks to a mysterious vitamin supplement called Vitamin Two X that gave him super strength. I did not know this. Hold on a second. Okay, this is intriguing. Um, right now I'm gonna read uh, two comic strips or two panels from his Dangar's one of Dangar's comics. It says two simple magic words, and by the power of his mystic scarab, Doctor Dangar was instantly transformed into the legendary hero called the Blue Beetle. Using the awesome array of superpowers at his command, the Blue the Beetle lay waste to my uncle's robot army. I was trying to go old school with that. You know how they used to do old school comics over the radio? That's what I was just trying to do. <laughs> All right, back to the his history. Eventually, the publication rights to Dan Gay were purchased by Char Charlton Comics in the mid-1960s, and he was given a pretty thorough rework, which included inexplicably adding the second T to his last name. This is where we start seeing a blue beetle we might recognize down the line start to develop. With Charlton, Dan became an archaeologist rather than a spy. His vitamin 2X was deleted entirely in favor of a mysterious Egyptian scarab that he found on an archaeological dig. The scarab would transform Dan into the blue beetle and give him superpowers with the magic word Kaji, Kajida. I don't know if I'm saying that right. For a handful of years during the 60s, Dan would fight all sorts of camp classic monsters and bad guys. You know, like giant mummies and stuff like that. And he would find time to take some students under his wings, like. And I think this is where we get into Ted Cord. That's why it says like and then three dots. And next we see another comic from July 14, 1987. Oh my God. 
so it says I was born in January of 87. So I'm like a little old in this comic that I'm looking at. But this is this is the suit that I'm seeing here. I think I believe it's a Ted Cord suit. And this is the suit I know more of. Like definitely still like spandecky, one piece. But the scarab symbol is more on his chest and his shoulders. He still has a belt, but it's only one. The middle of the belt is like a little bit yellow. The rest is blue. Yes, he does have a gun. His, he has like goggles that are yellow. So, but this is definitely more of the comic that I know. Or at least the suit, the suit that I know more of. Like I've seen more of. All right now we get into Ted Cord. Ted originated under Charlton in 1966 and was made to be a student of dance. He was a genius and skilled inventor who idolized his teacher's heroics, even though he had no powers of his own. Unfortunately, when Ted teamed up with Dan to investigate a mystery surrounding an army of androids, naturally, Dan sustained fatal injuries during a fight. Ted was devastated to be left without his hero and mentor and vowed to take up the Blue Beetle legacy as his own. Even though he couldn't access the powers of Dan Scarab, he kept it with him, though, as sort of a lucky charm. Something that would come to serve him during DC's massive continuity shifting event Crisis on Infinite Earths in the 1980s. Through the crisis, Ted was pulled from his alternate Charlton Comics Earth and into the main DC universe, where he would stay for good. I'm glad. I'm glad they brought him in. He got a he got a scarab ship and shit. <laughs> There's a panel that says, I thought he'd retire. That's funny. I gotta read that actually. I know I'm not trying to get off top topic here. I gotta read Crisis on Infinite Earths again. I see I never actually read it. I just seen it on TV from the Arrowverse stuff. But I gotta read that. I heard that's a phenomenal freaking read. Like, continuity jumbling aside, Ted retained his backstory with Dan. Though the connection to the scarab mostly faded into the background. Instead, Ted became sort of a brilliantly colored Bruce Wayne. Using his money and his intellect to create all sorts of crime-fighting gizmos and gadgets like his iconic insectoid ship, the Bug Above, which, like I said, was a giant picture of a, bug sh- a beetle ship. He'd eventually come to join the Justice League and form a close friendship with the time-traveling Booster Gold. Listen, if they make, like, I also don't know, that, I just know Booster Gold is almost like a DC version of uh, Deadpool in the sense of, like, comedy and stuff like that. Um, let's continue. More recently, Ted's given up most of his adventuring in favor of a more hands-off approach to his superheroics. After the scarab resurfaced with a decidedly more sinister extraterrestrial twist and attached itself to a teenager named, and this is my boy right here, this is the story I know. This is definitely the suit. I'm, I love this suit. The black and blue definitely looks more alien-like compared to the first two iterations that we know if you look online and stuff like that. So cool. I, mean, I love Ted Core's suit. Awesome suit. But this is to tell you more like it, they made the, the Beetle more of a extraterrestrial being type of situation that it makes you do things you don't want to do. But since Jaime is so strong, you know, he's still learning out of the Beetle. He can control the Beetle in his own wits and he can talk to the Beetle. You know, he sounds crazy when he talks to it, but that's fine. Most Latinos are a little crazy. It's fine. That's my boy, Jaime Reyes. After the, cata- after the 
<laughs> I can't be a bitch to say this word. After the cataclysmic events of Infinite Crisis, Dan Garrett's old scarab found itself newly re-energized and rocketing through space and time, only to land in El Paso, Texas, where unsuspecting teenager Jaime Reyes happened upon it. Except this time, it wasn't just a magical trinket that allowed a person to turn into the Blue Beetle with the correct magic words. The scarab itself had been totally transformed. Poor Jaime just happened to get caught in the middle. The scarab seeking a host attached itself to Jaime's spine and became completely impossible to remove. It wasn't without some advantages, though. Even if it was, well, kind of creepy if you think too hard about it. The scarab formed a sort of normal connection with Jaime's body and would manifest all sorts of interesting te- technolo- uh, technological abilities for him, including forming a full-on exosuit that allows him to fly and access any number of weapons. The Scarab also works as a computer, almost the same way as Greenland's ring would, and can translate and access Jamie's surroundings at will. So maybe not a totally raw deal, except Jaime didn't really have a say in whether or not he wanted to be a superhero. No matter what, that Scarab on his spine was not going to move. Luckily, Ted Cole is more than ready to step in and help him out. Despite of, despite of being pretty out of his own depth, together the two of them have been making some solid strides in discovering just what the Scarab is and more importantly, what it wants. The problem is, they might not be the only ones looking. You can jump right into the latest chapter of the epic saga of Blue Beetles by picking up Blue Beetle Volume 1, The More Things Change, by Keith Giffen, Scott Collins, and Romelo Fajardo Jr., now available in print and as digital download. Again, this was this article was done on May 25th, 2017 by I believe it says Meg Downey. So Meg Downey, good job. I love this. I love the breakdown. I did not know about that Dan Gale was a, was put into a spy. He took some pills to become essentially Blue Beetle in a way. And he had to say words to transform. That's actually cool. I like that. But I do like the fact that, he, I mean, it sucks that it's like literally sucked into Jaime's back. But I do feel if they ever want to introduce a third, I mean, a fourth Blue Beetle, one, I think it'll be of Native Native American descent. I don't know why. I just feel like that's where they, they would go. And two, they would, obviously, they would find something would happen, like either the Beetle would feel like Jaime's not he can't be in Jaime anymore. He doesn't trust Jaime anymore. So he just gets off of him. But I feel like that would kill Jaime because it's on his spine. Like he fucked the, the beetle, fucked the spine. So it's kind of fucked up. But that's tell me what y'all think. Like I, I just, this is a cool little break, small breakdown. It wasn't like overly done. I might do a couple more of these depending on what I read. I think this is really cool. This is called DC Comics 101 Meet the Beatles. Again, by Megan Downey, or Meg Downey, excuse me, on May 25th, 2017. It was a Thursday when she put this out. So, y'all, hit me up. Tell me what y'all think. I think this was really cool. I might I might start doing a couple more of these, like, early in the week before I get into reading something about that character and stuff like that. But, uh, y'all, y'all have a good day. Y'all have a good week. I might do, I'm probably going to record the most recent Blue Beetle comic, one of six limited series. 
now for Saturday. That way, I already got that shit out of the way. You know what I'm saying? I don't think about it and all that shit. You know what I'm saying? Go. But anyways, always and forever, one love. You just say that at the end before I start doing my little plugs. YouTube.com slash MFG22. Or find or just go on YouTube. Type in at MFG22. Look me up. Drop a like. Drop all the good stuff. Drop a heart. Subscribe. Watch more videos that I put on there. You know what I'm saying? And on Twitch.tv slash MellowFellowGaming. One word, no spaces, you know what it is. Let's go. Y'all want to play some games with me? Let's go, too. I'm going to be real with you. I don't remember all my stuff. I'm going to be real with all of you. Cause I'm on PlayStation and on Xbox, so like, it kind of fucks me up. But on um, Xbox, I'm MellowFellow22. M-E-L-L-O-F-E-L-L-O-22. If you see a rhino that says MellowFellowGamer on it, yellow and black, that's me. If you want to hit up on on uh, PlayStation, Mellow underscore Fellow twenty two, M E L L O underscore F E L L O twenty two. That should have either the same a blue rhino or a yellow rhino. I don't remember because I'm not on my I'm not on the PlayStation right now. But that should have a blue or a yellow rhino. Still says Mellow Fellow Gaming. You'll see it. You know it's me. You know what it is. Always and forever. Hit at me, get at me, let's play some games together, do what we do, always and forever, one love, let's go.